last week on Lore Seekers. You know that was a topic of conversation. Yeah. yeah, a lot. You know, you know how many we got? A lot. Honest mistake. The Vikings? Yep, it's the Vikings. Dur, dur, dur. Yep. And they're led by Ragnar Lothbrook. Of now you're just being a dude. Skyrim. <laughs> and if you've never run dungeons before in ESO and you've run them in other games, you got to hop in and try these. I oh mean, not gosh, only yes. are they beautifully done, but they definitely do have a different feel to the way they are in some of the other larger MMOs out there. And I will say this with all conviction, they are just flat out better. You, traveler, what do you know of this land? Do you wish to learn of its law? Come, <laughs> rest your weary feet and warm yourself by the fire. Let's share some mead, listen to tales of misadventure, and learn of Tamriel's rich history with the law seekers. <laughs> ah, here they are now, jibs and cash. Where'd you get your water? <laughs> this isn't Anheuser-Busch, bro. <laughs> oh, this is man. the bush. Hey, look who's here. Welcome, friends. Hey, welcome. You can have a seat. Rest your That's feet. That's right. Rest your I feet. I pour you a sour. <laughs> You're not going to like it. Sours are terrible. <laughs> it sounds disgusting. Ugh. So, what's going on, my man? My brother, I've had... An outstanding week. Have you? Yep. Tell me all about just it. Just a lot of just a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. I think our lives are pretty fun. And I've had a great week of continuing to play uh Wolven the Lore Seeker. My stamina warden, having a blast with him, bringing him through a ton of content. Uh just got through uh, March of Sacrifices mm -hmm. with the guild, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. I was able to get the memento. So jelly. It's awesome. It is awesome. It's really cool, and um, many thanks to Blood Eye and the rest of the gang for um, running me through that. I may have a new favorite dungeon. Really? Wow, that's a bold statement. It's bold, but March of Sacrifices is absolutely beautiful place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's totally sinister in her scene's realm. Right. But um, that very last boss, that surprise that you get when you look up in the sky and massive her scene is standing over the entire, in the entire battleground. Wow. Very impressed. And um, I just think that that particular dungeon, actually both of the new dungeons, Moonhunter Keep and March of Sacrifices are epic. Mm -hmm. I agree. Really good content. And uh, I've been having a really, really good time with it. Um, again, lots of writing this week. Mm -hmm. Having a blast with that. Mm -hmm. And working with you on some Photoshop stuff so that we can get that content released yeah. to our friends. Yeah. yeah. Taking you. You are now my apprentice in Photoshop. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's really, it's been a, it's been a really, really fun week. So, mm -hmm. and I'm home this week. Yeah, buddy. 
I took the week off of the works. There you go. So I'm home. Yeah. Yep. Awesome sauce. So yeah, uh, it's been an awesome week here. Got uh, been. I've almost got my guy completely geared. Um, Akesis, he's uh, he's almost done. Um, I, aside, at least getting the the main parts of the gear. Then I got to go through and do all the traits and all that wonderful stuff. But um, yeah, I ran March of Sacrifices because I was so bummed out. I thought you know I was going to miss the group that you were running. I fell asleep. I woke up, got your text. Are you coming? Like, oh no, I missed it. So immediately this morning before we recorded, I logged in, and I don't advise this for anybody, but I queued up Vet March of Sacrifices first time i've ever ran the dungeon <laughs> and uh we cleared it man it was fun good dungeon nice um i i think i'm a fan of moon hunter keep more but i overall the they are both fantastic dungeons visually really s- stunning really well done yeah agreed really well done but uh anyway so i guess we should uh should we tell them what we did for the first time you know, as a yeah, little uh, little surprise, little, we should little, little something that happened. So yeah, we did a surprise live stream on Twitch the other night. Didn't broadcast it, didn't put it out, didn't market it at all beforehand. That hey, this was gonna happen. But uh, yeah, man, Twitch that was fun. We put it a live stream, cash open sixty wild hunt crates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of a thing that we might have left out of our week. Um, or at least my week was that the wild hunt crates came back around and I've been waiting for them for the better part of a year. And as soon as they came out, we got the little teaser in our daily rewards. And then all of a sudden, boom, wild crates, wild hunt crates were here. So I may or may not have purchased 60 of them with one purpose. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted the Wild Hunt bear mount mm-hmm. more than any mount at all. Did you get it? In this game. Or do they know who need to go see a YouTube video to watch it? Uh, I think they might have to go to YouTube. Hmm. Go to our uh, YouTube channel, Lore Seekers Podcast, and see whether or not I got that particular mount. I think probably a lot of our listeners already know what ended up happening with that. Uh, because a lot of them are guild members. But anyway, go check it out. Yeah. It's actually kind of a fun video. Uh, we posted two up this week. We posted the Dungeons for Dummies of Banished Cells 1 on Normal. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, posted up my 60 Crown Crate thing. And then if you go to Twitch, our entire stream is on there. There's a couple hours that uh, Jibs and I did the surprise stream. We weren't planning on doing it no it just kind of really? happened uh the, the morning like that morning we had zero intentions of doing a stream by the end of the day we threw together some overlays put the stream page together cash was working on stuff for it and then boom we got to meet quite a few of you it was a lot of fun we did and you know the funny thing is is that a lot of people we got a lot of comments about how we did not look the way people pictured us <laughs> looking yes. Based on our yes. voices, so oh, I still don't know what that means. I don't get it. it means, what was I supposed to look like? What was Jib supposed to? I mean, look I'm, like? I, you know, whenever I hear my voice, I think I look like you know, I think the most obvious choice is Sly. You know, 
Sylvester Stallone. I mean, that's clearer than my voice. That's where my vocals go, right? I mean, you know. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean. That's not quite the I way mean, I would have You definitely look like you, Frazier. That's, that's the voice I hear. As in Frazier Crane? Yeah, Frazier Crane. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Virtual nut kick right now. Jeez. Oh, oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. We got a lot of fun comments, and we got to chit-chat with a lot of you, but Anyway, we're going to do some more of that, some surprise streams for you guys, some gameplay. But anyway, welcome everybody. This is episode 9 of volume 2 of the Lore Seekers podcast, and we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Mr. Birthday Boy, turning 43. Oh, God. Cash. You had to go there. I did. Got to be real, man. So so I wake up this morning to, I had kind of a late night last night um it's a late night damn playing bro. playing eso normally well look i am 43 now so i have to go to bed earlier apparently <laughs> but last night take your teeth out and put them in the little the little cup oh not shot number two <laughs> we're like five minutes into the show <laughs> oh man so yes um Last night, for some reason, it may or may not have had something to do with the 7 p.m. massively strong coffee that I had, but I had a lot of energy last night. So everybody else just kind of poofed off of Discord, except for a few of us, and I stayed on just chit-chatting and everything. And um, I ended up kind of late night running um, Vardenfell. I don't even want to pronounce this thing. Nizzle, Gizzle, Cheft. Oh, yeah, I know that it one. Was terrible. Yeah. Um, with one of our folks. And then, I, then I went really late, ended up going late night with Chrissy. In. Um, and we ended up running, we two-manned Crypto Hearts to try and get him some gear. And I had, I may or may not have had a little whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then, so I go to bed, right? Yep. Finally go to bed. And I wake up this morning around 7-ish Pacific Standard Time. Kid's up. Getting, she's getting ready for school. Wife's up. And they're trying to keep everything quiet. But then I just get this bing, 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 bing on my phone. I'm like, oh, my God. I forgot to turn that off. I am greeted with, like, no less than 75-ish messages. <laughs> On Discord. That's awesome. For my birthday. And it was actually very, very nice. I'm normally kind of a low-key birthday guy. And the Lore Seekers Guild community was going to have none of that. Nope. Thanks to Jibs. Let them all know. And thanks to Beta Rays, Mm -hmm. who blasted it out this morning that it was my birthday today. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. I truly felt the love. And, um, you know, when you get into your 40s, you get a little... Birthdays are like, they're not celebrated. They're just like, oh, for Christ's sake. It's another one? How fast did that get here? <laughs> oh, that's But, um, yeah, I mean, at 43, I feel amazing having so much fun in my life. And I'm just super stoked to be around. Super stoked to be playing a game that actually has hooks in me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gamer ADDing out right now. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that there's a community behind the things that we're doing. Um, just makes my day, makes my year. Thank you guys. And freaking tastic. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. All right. 
well, we got a show. You ready? I'm always ready. Okay, cool. So last week on the show, if you are if you're just coming to this episode and uh, maybe you missed episode eight, well, we talked about the Crown Store Showcase for September, also the Imperial City Celebration event, which is still going on. Got the uh, Bethesda Game Day stream recap we did, and uh, we did Banish Cells 1, Dungeons for Dummies, and we finished it up with a lore lesson on the heart of Lorcan. But this week, on episode 9, we are talking the top three things we want to see added before the next major DLC. We're going to do Dungeons for Dummies. It is coming back with, uh, I'm not going to tell you. You just got to wait see what dungeon it is. Hollowjack Crates. <coughs> And a lore lesson on, Cash. We are doing a lore lesson to uh, break the myth of what the uh, Tamrielic calendar actually means. And we're going to translate a little bit for you today. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see here. Got some news from the town crier. Let's see. We got. All right. Cool. So. Let's jump right into this. First up on the docket today, introducing the Hollow Jack Crown Crate Season and Giveaway. This throws, <laughs> throws money at the screen again. Uh, this post coming to us from the ESO officials' website. Uh, says, quote, once a year the portals open between Nern and Hollow Jack's demiplane of detritus in items ghastly and gruesome come on to Tamriel's markets. Fearsome specters and monstrous demons rise to the plague, t- or excuse me, to plague Tamriel once more with the new Hollow Jack Crown crates coming soon to the Elder Scrolls Online. So, before we actually get into what there is available, they are doing something that's pretty special. They've kind of, uh, I don't know if they did this, you know, in years prior, you know, this being my first year coming back to the game years later, but we can get some free crates. And not just any crate. It's the Hollowjack Crown Crates. So It's a preview. They're giving us a free preview. Yeah. So you can earn up to three free Hollowjack Crown Crates simply by playing the game. All you got to do, anytime between September 14th through Sunday, September 16th, log in and kill any enemy creature. This includes monsters, bosses, enemy NPCs. Do it once a day for three days. Earn up to three crates. You, Does that include goats? You will get... <laughs> I don't know. It's an odd question. I, oh. I don't... Yes. I will say yes. Question mark. Don't kill the goats. Uh, I, you know, I kind of feel that way about the... the uh, what was it? Vardenfell? The Netches? I like those, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Me too. I don't kill those. I don't kill cats either. Yeah. No cats to be killed. Cat killer. Uh, by the way, you'll receive these free crates by Wednesday, September 19th, which is really cool because that's a day before the Hollow Jack Crown Crate season begins. That season starts on Thursday, September 20th. So you log in three days in a row, kill some stuff. Three days later, we get free crates. It's fun. Yeah, even if you kill kitties. Goats. Just kidding, goats. Yep. Uh, all right, so as far as the Crown Crate season, um, like I said, it starts on Thursday, September 20th. Now, quick note here, for the duration of this entire Crown Crate season, 
We're going to go over all this stuff in a second. But before that, during this entire season, we can pick up the Hollow Jack Netch, which looks awesome, for 300 crown gems. You cannot get this with crown crates, and it can only be purchase, purchased with gems, okay? So if you don't know what that is, it is a pumpkin-covered Netch pet. And it looks yeah, awesome. Sounds sounds like there's going to be a lot of deconstruction of items people do not want, so they can get said hollow jack niche. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks awesome. Basically, a uh, pumpkin cut in half on top of a niche. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a niche was laid inside of a jack o' lantern, and then the niche now has hatched and is growing out of it. Mm. They did a good job on detail. You can see the pumpkin seeds and all the little strings hanging out. That's good. The guts. You can see puck and guts. The guts, yeah. So anyway, that's available. Now, that being said, they did release what we will be able to get during this crown season. At least some of it. And so uh, we're going to go over this real quick. It looks like for the mounts, we've got the Hollow Jack Rider Horse, Hollow Jack Deidre Skull Wolf, Hollow Jack Flame Skull Cinch, and my personal favorite, the Hollow Jack Wraith Lantern Steed. Each have different colors. Different uh, different effect colors. Yes. Um, They're all headless, I... by the way. Can we definitely throw it out there. <laughs> uh, there's a rooster. Oh, you want to talk about the, the demon chicken? Mm, I have so many comments I want to say about this thing. All right, so before we get there, these horses, you're carrying something different in your right hand, and it's like the headless horseman feel. One is a pumpkin, the other's a lantern, another one's a skull, a regular skull, and the other one is like a demon skull. Or Daedra skull, I'm sorry. So, very cool. They look awesome. That being said, there is a combat, a non-combat pet that is called the Demon Cockerel you, you like it has red glowing eyes. It's pretty much an evil chicken. Why? Is this? <laughs> I feel like Dude. it needs to do something that's like has some kind of like Daedra throaty scream to it. You know what I mean? Just that would make it. That yeah. You, I have so many comments, but this is a family show. Okay. <laughs> there's a, there's a black male. Chicken pet. Yeah. 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 Red eyes. When I saw that this morning, I literally laughed for about 30 seconds straight. <laughs> like, oh my God, yeah. they have a sense of humor because people like me can't get past this. <laughs> oh, that's There's funny. a demon cockle pet. Oh, yeah. Coming to the crown store. Yep, there's that. Uh, if you're big into furnishings for your home, they're going to be coming out with the uh, Hollow Jack Flame Skull Furnishing. This is rad. Put it somewhere yep. in your house. It's uh, it's a human skull. It's on fire. So, you know, if you're into that. Yes. Oh, I'm definitely into that. That is a purchase mm -hmm. right there. Crested Reef Viper Pet. It's pretty cool. I dig it. It's a snake with uh, wings from the old, uh, the old, uh, what is it, on um, Somerset. Reminds me of those, uh, gosh, I can't think of them. 
It's their their version of dolmens. Uh, oh, from the um, water spout. Good gracious! Yes, thank you. <laughs> Gosh, way <laughs> more difficult right than term. No, it's not, but it's close. I'll take it. Yeah, people know what we're talking. You about. You know what so I there. mean? No, don't send me an email. Just telling me that. <laughs> send us the email <laughs> so we can delete it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see what else we got here. You know what? That's all they list. That's all we know. I'm, yeah, I'm, but there's more, right? There has to be more that's available. Uh, we do know you're going to be able to get the uh, Witch's Coven house. It's available during this time. I was checking it out yes. today, actually. I am yeah, in the market for a new look, house. I'm going to look at that picture again, because that house looks yeah. like the ultimate decorate me for Halloween house. Yeah, it is the ultimate Halloween house. I will say, though, I feel like any Dunmer-inspired home, because you know how they have that like tall, pointed architecture, except also, I guess, the high house, but there's a little bit cleaner and brighter. So any Dunmer-inspired home, it's going to be great for Halloween as well. Yeah, you know, uh, just going through Rivenspire last oh, yeah. night. Oh, man. Getting to uh, Crypt of Hearts. I absolutely love that style it's like full daedric looking um architecture Mm. and you want to talk about making something into a haunted house i mean and there's a lot of the houses that actually have a similar style to that just kind of the dark stone work and kind of the ornate points and stuff like that that would be outstanding for a halloween event which by the way we're gonna do i'm sure there's a lot of guilds out there that are gonna do the same thing yeah, for Halloween. Oh, we got we're a line definitely up gonna have. For yeah, we're guild. definitely gonna have a uh, Halloween home. Nothing yet. No, 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 no. What? Oh, yeah, we got something planned. Can't sorry, can't tell you yet. Cash just said it. I had to edit it out of the show. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. You guys have no idea also. the hell that I went through after I said that. It was just a little slip up. I mean, no big deal, right? <laughs> Did not. You would think that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got death threats from my friend. Oh my gosh, that is not even accurate. It's accurate. Not even accurate. Oh look, our little ki- t- our little Kajidis down here. He's a terrible person. He managed to get down the steps. All right. Uh, I am not. I am the best there ever was and ever will be. That's all I'm saying. Not the best. That being said, uh, so yeah, the Hollowjack Crown Store crate season is coming up. The the Wild Hunt crates those are awesome i like the a lot of the gym options i think that's my favorite thing anytime we get a new crate season it's not so much what you get out of the crates but what you can use with gyms that's my that's my personal fave yes i spent uh the gems last night on the green priest Uh robes yep oh my god yep in love yeah. Didn't change the color. It went right on my warden. Goes perfect with them. I love that outfit. So that is one of the things that I am very excited about in these new crate seasons are the outfits you can get. And especially because I've been waiting so long for the Wild Hunt one. There are so many really cool outfits like the Orc Scout stuff and the Nord Scout stuff. Um, and it's just in time... To me, it's just in time for the winter season. So I figure, well, winter season's coming around. I might as well take my characters back to Rothgar and East March and all those snowy, beautiful places in our world. Uh-huh. And they can wear those costumes. Yep. 
That is what I'm Such doing a dork. with my warden. It's fun because it just feels it kind of completes the feel of what you know where you're at. And I'm still a firm believer, man. Crank up that ambient volume, lower the music volume, and raise your master volume overall, and just <laughs> be prepared for awesomeness. That, that got really complicated for a second. It did. I kind of you know I kind of stuttered. There's three volumes. Kind of happened. Oh, kind of happened. Cool. So yeah, I changed my UI up. That's kind of a new thing. You did. Yeah, I did. Based on your recommendation, I really dig it. What you, did you uh, try the dark UI from Mod Monday on Twitter? Yes, Twi- sir. So I was no? ha- yeah. So I was having some issues with um, it's advanced UI, right? Yep. I was having some issues with a UI on PC, and um, I decided to just wipe it and try a new UI and Jibs had recommended dark UI. And um, I dropped that thing in there last night and it's really clean. Yeah, it's very clean. I like it. I dropped yeah. dark, I dropped uh, a UI quite a while ago and uh, you run um, dark UI, combine it with, uh, I think it's the tactical combat for the unit frames, for the group frames. Yeah, tactical foundry yeah, combat. Just for the, yep. the uh, group frames. And, uh, then combine it with Azura, which allows you to resize and move every element on the screen. Dude, it is fantastic. Ooh, I gotta remember that because I do have some. I gotta move some stuff around. Right now, my mini map is not in the spot that I want it. Yeah, you gotta move that around, shrink it down. I did pick up a uh, fun add-on for the um, uh, quest log off to the side. You know, of your screen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remember the name, so sorry, but it's. Fantastic! I got it on queued now, where you can uh, on a, a keybind now, where I can select it and it disappears off the screen. Don't need it anymore. So. What was the bug one you told me about? Bug watcher, bug catcher, bug bug catcher. Yeah. So yes. yeah, anybody listening, and if you're tired, you're sick and tired of bu- or add-ons, uh, bugs popping up on your screen just constantly because you know, especially when they're out of date. Get bug catcher, and it will take every single one of those. And it will store it away, so you'll know what kind of, you know, issues you may be having or your add-ons may be having. But it's not going to pop up on your screen anymore. So it'll catch everything. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's kind of brilliant. It's kind of amazing. So anyway, that was the Hollow Jack Crown store. I don't know what giveaway prelude tease because I'm sure yeah, there's going to be more articles. Yeah, it's the. Uh, it's a tickler. It's, a, it's like a little feather. It's a little feather. There's your feather. Right on your butt cheek. Right on your butt tucks. So yep. there's that. So um, last bit of uh, little little last bit in the news section this week is our top three things we want to see added to ESO before next DLC. A lot of these things, they are fixes to the game and or small additions that we'd like to see. So that being said, Cash, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so one thing that I would really like to see, and I don't, I don't know how hard it would be. I am not a developer. Yeah. I'm not a guy that types the codes. Now let, let me hang on, just, hang on. Sorry, let me be clear. Not before Merkmeyer. This is before the next major drop. So like like Somerset was. Okay. Are you are you putting restrictions on me right now? Uh, I'm just being clear, listeners. Go ahead, do your thing. You know what happens when you put restrictions on me? You. you Leave? No, I do exactly what you tell me to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, 
So I don't know how hard this would be to do, but um, the A, Trials Group Finder. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. please. What do, you, what do you think of that? And the reason that I say that is because I, there's gear sets that I want to go pick up that I can't because it's hard as heck to get a trial together. Yeah, um, I and agree. we only have certain nights. We really we got a plan for it at Lore Seekers. We kind of plan for it, and then okay, everybody gets together on a certain night time, and we go run trials. Right. But I would like to be able to do it at eleven o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it would be really nice to have that functionality in there. Yeah. To be able to, uh, you know, you get the automatic porting straight to the trial. Fills out your group for you. Get you can put your roles, whatever you got to do, and recruit for it. I would like that. That would be yeah. That would be really handy because I and I've you know I, I have a hard time making it raid night just because Saturdays are kind of busy around my my parts, at uh, <laughs> kind of busy around the Jib's household. So uh, I'm like busy around your parts. Yeah, I, what I, in I, the hell are you I, alluding to? I knew you would Is that say date night? <laughs> Is, is the kid at grandma's that night? I knew I had to. I had to purposely define define that just f- for you. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the, the shot was there. Yeah. There was no danger. So there I took was, it. There was no. You saw an opportunity and you seized it. Well done. So anyway, I would personally really like that because there's a lot of times I've thought the same thing. The only way you're forming groups for for raids is outside. Uh, you know, if you're in a zone or if you're in a guild. Now, that being said, I will say this. I don't know how the ESO community would handle a trials group finder, but I know in other communities it's there's it's been troublesome, and it became kind of a a point a pointed um, like thing people would refer to negatively. And the other famous MMO that's been around for ten years just came out with the DLC that some people apparently are no longer happy about. So. I wonder how it, how it would be received in ESO. I personally... That's actually... That's a great point. I would really like it, but I don't know. I think that's a great point because there is something to be said for putting together your own group of people who you know and trust and have synergy with as opposed to the difficulties that people experience in just a regular pickup group dungeon right let alone a trial where the mechanics are severely more difficult and way less forgiving yeah. than they would be in some of the dungeons so yeah i can't that being said i do see the points on both sides of this argument yeah i'm just saying it would be nice to have the option Right. And the reason I say that is because I've been in plenty of pickup groups with um, people that I don't know in dungeons that go extremely well. And it's because there's a lot of people out there that know this content extremely well. And they can run these dungeons like in their sleep. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are the same way with Trials. Yeah. We have a few of them in the Lore Seekers Guild. People who are extremely skilled... And extremely knowledgeable about all the stuff going on. And I'm talking about people like Jen and Shoe Swapper and Esotech and Blood Eye. And we've got a bunch of them in there that know this stuff very, very well. 
So if you get in, if you get lucky and you get those people in your trial, awesome. But here's the other problem: voice comms. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, because then that you know what the next request would be would be, we need voice chat built in, just for this yeah. reason. So, yeah. the more I talk about it, the more I I'm just okay to deal with not being able to run raids as easily. <laughs> It's funny because the more that we talk this out, the more that I'm like, Cash, that's a terrible freaking idea. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wisdom by Cash. Well, hey, you Not know, really it's, wisdom at all. It's, it's good that these things are being discussed. So, you know, it's all good. I know. They've probably discussed this like two years ago. Yeah. And they're like, listen to this knucklehead discussing all the things that we've already talked about. He don't know. What an, idiot this guy is <laughs> you don't know me <laughs> all right let's go on to my number two there have been some annoying things that are going on with the dungeon and battle grill uh, battleground finders mm. i know everybody most likely knows what i'm talking about when you queue up for something and then it comes in and it says that um, somebody said no when you're sitting in Discord with all your four group members and none of them hit the decline button. Yeah. When your queue pops. Yeah. yeah. They're like, what the heck is going on? And sometimes you got to hit it like three or four times for it to take. Yeah. Um, lately, the latest thing that I've experienced is you queue up for a dungeon and then it immediately drops you from the queue. So you got to kind of like queue up and then look to make sure that it says queued. Yep. That's I thought it was um, me. I I'm glad I'm not the only one having that problem cuz Yeah. Yeah. Now, it eventually works. It's not like it's game breaking right. or it doesn't work, you know, it just it flat out doesn't work. Yeah. Um, cuz that would really suck. Eventually it does. You just got to kind of persist a little bit and after, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, it, it works fine. But right. it'd be nice to get to, you know, um, get your finger on the pulse of what's going on with that issue and then get it fixed so it's a little more streamlined. Right. Um, in Battleground, in the BGQ, it happens a lot more. And I don't know if... I really don't know if it's that people are declining the invites. I, j- I just can't say. Sometimes it's like, man, I got to hit that... Hit like join, join, join like 10 times. And it keeps saying that people decline the invites. So is that literally 10 knuckleheads out there that queue for a battleground and then decide 30 seconds later they don't want to do it? Is there a way that, battleground is, pops are pretty quick. Yeah, there, is there a way to streamline that that you think that I mean is there something that could be pulled from another game that could be incorporated that works well in other MMOs that Because that is I tell you I tried using the um, the add-on the automatic queue, you know, for stuff and even that had issues. I mean, it made it better, so it didn't pop up so much on your screen, but then it'd, like, unqueue you, so I got rid of that, and so now I'm back to, you know, spamming, was it, F to accept? Yeah, yeah. So I, f- I wonder if there's not a, you know, an- another MMO out there that has something similar that, that, they, that they could pull from, because... I mean, I've never really seen found a system out there in any other MMO that's perfect. No, yeah. They all, they all have their issues. Right. And... You know, like I said before, this is this is not a game breaking issue for me. This would be a nice, a nicety, yeah, to just like smooth out 
the rough edges. Yeah. Because st- it still works. And, I mean, I get into BGs, no problem. It's just, you know, like a lot of times before a BG, I'll open up my inventory or, or do something to start shuffling around or getting rid of gear or, you know, looking for what um, food I want to use or something like that. And then all of a sudden it's just like I have my screen open. I have to minimize that, my inventory screen to hit the F button. Or, and it's just, it can kind of be a pain in the butt. Right. But it's not game breaking. Right. So. Yeah. It's a good point, though. I mean, yeah, you know, because I'm I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad it's not. It's not just me, because I I thought like I didn't unqueue. What just happened? <laughs> I know I didn't do that. It wasn't me. So, okay, so my number three, and this is a pipe dream. Before any next DLC that comes out, I still want backpacks and satchels. Oh, for visual, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. I just could not imagine how awesome it would be to have my character with a satchel or a side pack or some type of a backpack that's visual. Yeah. My word would it add to my RPs. Yeah, the closest thing we have right now for that would be the, I believe it's Fang Lair outfit style that has the lore books and potions actually hanging off at your hips. But that, yeah. that, and the thing is with that, it's, I mean, it looks cool, but at the same time, it's also not, not like a normal attire either. I mean, it's a lot, of, a lot of it's like you've got something over the top part of your chest, but then the rest of you, I mean, you're not wearing anything. So it's like your guy's half naked. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah. And I know there'd be some clipping issues like with your, with your staves or your, bow I don't even care on, <laughs> on your back, but, but there's a way, there's a way to do it where, you know, the bow looks like it's sitting flush against your back and then the backpack's on top. I mean, it doesn't look very user friendly. I don't know how you get your bow off that quickly. If it was sitting underneath your back, excuse me, hang on, on back, NPC, hang on. I got to take just my back one off. Second. It's not really a big off. deal. I, rolled a I just 20. have to take, I, rolled I have to take off my backpack. Natty. Oh, that's funny. It's a Natty 20. It's a Natty 20. All right. So, I know. Roll for initiative when you when you got to take your bow off. <laughs> so, yeah. Backpack yeah. satchels. I'm so. down with that. I will, In the very least, you know, maybe... Um, gosh, remember that? There was an add-on that came out for Skyrim that was all about that. Yep. Was all about satchels and, <laughs> you know, just... Uh, exactly what you said and uh, that would be cool if there was some kind of way to expand upon that in the outfit system that would be cool yeah um (laughs) uh that being said sorry thinking of something quite humorous that someone just typed in our show notes um so anyway (laughs) that being said well done i dig those i dig those now it's my turn yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. All right, so first one, something I'd like to see added to the base game is incorporate dual queuing for randoms. Like I, when I'm queuing for battlegrounds or dungeons, I don't want it to be either or, because I it, it just it, it would be great to be able to queue for both at the same time. I don't know the thought process behind it, and I don't know the difficulty technical wise to be able to enable that. So you know, forgive me for my ignorance, but. That would just be fantastic. It'd be a whole lot easier to queue. A little bit more, because um, I, I would like to do both. Like, you know, like hey, either or. I don't care which, but I want to be queued up for both. So that way, I, you know, I feel like I'm at least trying to accomplish both. You know what I mean? So, 
I would like dual queuing for. You know. That's it. Very interesting. That is an interesting thought. I mean, because it's been done before. I feel like in other MMOs fairly well. So uh, that, that, huh. that. But like I, yeah. in this game, if I'm doing a dungeon, yeah, I have a certain gear set on or a certain character that I'm logged into. Well, sure. But doesn't mean you have to, you would have to queue for both. I mean, just give players that option. Okay. You know what I mean? I'll give that Not to you. Not me, Jane. Yeah, ah, that's fine. Before I tear it apart. Oh, oh. I won't tear apart your thoughts. You're going to tear it apart? Go ahead. Tear, pop your thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're fine. So that's my first one. Second one, incorporate, begin to incorporate some of the most used add-ons to the base game. There, there becomes a point where... Players shouldn't have to depend on add-ons to get a better experience out of the game. I.e., there needs to be a severe... They need to really re look at redoing what they can do at the guild stores. I shouldn't have to depend on Master Merchant. I shouldn't have to depend on... what What's the awesome store add-on? I shouldn't have to need those to be able to, to just look something up based off of a trait or etc. You know what I mean? Yeah, there needs. I see what you're saying. There really needs to. That stuff has to be incorporated. No player should have to depend on something like that. That really, really needs to be brought into the game. Second thing would be, for instance, a mini map in the base game. <laughs> that just even give players that option. You know what I mean? Have that added. That would just. I mean, this this is just when you're at this lifespan and you're seeing such growth, like or, you know, like ESO is especially on so, over social media and they're and the hype trains with their. DLCs, you know, you're going to be pulling a lot of players, particularly from other troubled MMOs. So, you know, little things like that should probably be in the pace game. Last, it's actually, a very, it's a good point. Well, I mean, don't don't you think so? I think, um, I think things like the mini map, yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, but I think a lot of it too, a lot of the stuff that they do is they're allowing their community to contribute to a game that they love by building these types of things. Yeah. But I definitely don't think it's a bad idea to take some of the best ones that have been made and drop it in there. Just like, um, you know, uh, Votan's minimap. One of the best you know, add-ons you'll be... ever use. <laughs> What's that? One of the best additions to your add-on list oh, yeah, you will ever For have. sure. But, I mean, imagine imagine the boon to that content creator if Zoss were to say, hey, we want to use your thing and our thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that or just add it, you know, just make their own, add it in. Yeah, more they could do that too, but, you know. I'm totally for either of those. Just we need those things. Yeah, some there could definitely could be some some base improvements to quality of life things like that. But at the same time, I'm the only thing that I hate about add-ons is the fact every time there's an update, I get a bunch of pop-ups. <laughs> Bug catcher. Oh my god! Yeah, it that drives me <laughs> absolutely bat poop crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now when Somerset dropped, um. I think I got a few, but Bugcatcher mostly got them all, so I didn't really. You know. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the Somerset release was pretty darn smooth. Yeah, it was. 
yeah, when it came to that. I really didn't get a whole bunch of them, right. just a few. Right. But this latest patch, oh, oh buddy, God. right? It was incessant. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. this UI's gone. This one's gone. This yeah. one's out. No updates for this. You're out. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty brutal. Anyway, it was pretty brutal. I remember I was playing. I can actually remember the day I was playing, and all of a sudden I started seeing. I think uh, every once in a while, Bug Catcher will give you, like, hey, how many bugs it's caught for you. And it just kept adding more and more and more. I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> this latest yeah. update really broke. Uh, all right, so last and last but uh, not least, allow, please, please, allow faction changes through the purchase on, uh, in the Crown Store. Hear me out. With a timer. Hmm. Please. Why? Why have you ever run into this yes, particular recently. problem, Jibs? Recently. Oh, would you like to tell that story to uh, the people? Well, I created tunes when we were a part of Mog Nation back in the day, with Meridia's Order of Guards doing all that, and so they were Daggerfall. So I made Daggerfall. Well, I can't stand Daggerfall. Heads up. Only reason I picked it is because that's what the guild was. And um, so now we just lost a third of our listener base. Lord, Solid I'm, work. Oh, that's not what I mean. Personally, I like Old Mary Dominion. Okay, there. That's just there. You're so snooty. Oh, great. Here comes the emails. You're such a douche. <laughs> Here comes the emails. But um, no. In all seriousness, I really, I personally am fond of the the uh, Old Mary Dominion lore, and that's just something I personally connect with more. So I, you know, that's what lore seekers the guild is, and. Um, I discovered, or oh, my, bags. oh my gosh, <laughs> the, uh, I, my healer is Daggerfall and I couldn't do, I couldn't do, um, uh, Cyrodiil. Imperial City. Yeah. I couldn't do Imperial yep. City during the event. It blew my mind. I had no idea he was Daggerfall. So I was so bummed and I looked yeah. in the crown store immediately cause I wanted, I was ready. Like I want to purchase this please and couldn't do it. And, uh, yep. I'll be honest, I would really like to see this added with a at least a one-month timer on it that you cannot purchase another one. You know what would be the coolest thing ever? What's that? Is if they did some type of a faction change via a quest. You can faction change, but you have to go through a quest line that basically makes your character defect from their other faction. That'd be pretty cool. Wouldn't that be awesome if they like wrote it into the storyline? So it's doable, but they're going to put you through a little bit of poop to make it happen. I think they need to make it hurt, though. They need to, they need to put that behind a paywall. They need to make it hurt so it's not just willy-nilly that you're changing faction. What did you just say? I can't believe I said it, but I believe it. I can't believe you said it either. I literally want to kick your ASS right now. <laughs> Here's the reason why. Here Now, look, even even if it's in-game gold, I don't care, but you can't just put it behind a simple quest. It has to hurt. It has to mean something. So that way... I didn't way, say the quest was simple. So that way... <laughs> so that way, it's not just done all the time. You know what I mean? I'm talking a deserter penalty. I'm talking they send out the hounds after you. Okay. I'm talking. Okay. You are banned. You're banned from the from uh, those particular regions for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I'm talking kill on sight. All right, I'm done like with some that. Some serious, some serious, like light side Jedi going to the dark side crap. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, make it, it hurt. Would be awesome. Make it hurt. Yep. 
I'm down with that. Just yeah. make it meaningful. Heaven's sakes, no. So I don't want to pay for something if I don't have to, but if they can do it in-game, heck yeah. Right. But, like, so it can't happen in five minutes, like, when we're forming a group for Imperial City. Right. And Jibs is like, oh, crap. I'm the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to pay 3,000 gems That's... to change. I'll be there in five minutes. First off, no. I do not have a speech impediment. You sound just like that <laughs> most times. Oh, well, apparently people th- think we look, we, th- uh, we, blah, blah, blah. we think we look different. I don't have a piece of speech impediment. <laughs> no, but literally the other night we were we had a group formed. We were doing Imperial City content the other night. Imperial City Prison. Yeah. We were trying to kill Molag Ballback. Yeah. Which turned out to be a giant freaking disaster. But anyway. <laughs> we were trying to get Jibs into our group. We had things all planned out. We were we were, everything was all synced up and Jibs and I were gonna have playtime together with all the rest of our friends and Tried to send him an invite, and then I get the little message on top that says, you cannot invite this knucklehead because he is in a different faction. I like how you edited that. Please tell him to unscrew himself and fix the problem (laughs) as soon as possible. Pretty sure. That's exactly what the message said. Pretty sure that's not the, uh, it's not what the message said, but all right. I screenshotted it. Oh, did you? Said all that stuff. Hmm. So anyway, it was, it was funny. It sucked. But uh, we were still able to get Jibs in. And then as soon as we got Jibs in, we went through and brought him all the way through the sewers and got him to where we were, about to kill Molag Ball. And then we got Zerged. Yeah. It was actually hilarious. Yeah, I couldn't even see you guys either when I was in there. It's, I was in a gift a different instance. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh, that's a lot of blue. And then all of a sudden everyone's getting wiped. And then everyone's like, all right, well, I think I'm done for the night. And I'm like, dang it, I just got here. Yeah, it sucked. But we'd been trying to do it all day long. I know. I know. And we were getting smoked. We just, our group, we just didn't have a big enough group. We had the skill, because we definitely broke up some kills. Yeah, you had the champion points on your side. It's just... Right. Yeah. But, man, some of those, some of those people in PvP are just incredible. Yeah. You cannot touch them no i mean they will they'll kill you in two seconds it's so nuts yeah you know what it's continuing to i'm seeing more and more because a lot of times you know you do the dailies the the pvp dailies or dungeon dailies just how strong dragon knights are as a class you have such an incredible amount of sustain i can tell you i can i can at least count at least three four maybe even five times now with my level 33 dragon knight that it's taken at least three to four people to kill me before I go down. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's fun. It is fun. So, anyway, this was a discussion on some things we'd like to see added in the next DLC. So what we want to hear is what you think. What do you think about the news? What do you think about uh, our opinions? Do you have some things that you'd like to see added that you could see that they could realistically add before the next major DLC drop? You can give us a call. 765-382-6961. Or you can always email us, which a lot of you partake of, Podcast at gmail.com. So. And it is that time. Are you ready for another Dungeons for Dummies episode, my good friend? What would you call me? Are you ready, you big dummy, for another dungeon episode? Okay. <laughs> 
Alright, well, if you've stuck around here long enough to know, then, or if you're listening to any of the story afterwards, you know, sometimes uh, we get into some various things in Tamriel, and we picked up a good old Welkin stone here that uh, tells us all kinds of interesting lore. So, that being said, today, we'll put this little handy thing away. Uh, today, we are talking City of Ash, number one. I was going to do a veteran dungeon, but guess uh, I learned this this past week. There is not a lot of current content on veteran dungeons as far as guides are concerned. Most of what you find is for the regular dungeons. In fact, I found very little for vet guides. I mean, there were videos, but I'm looking for the written word, man. Couldn't really find it. So... There you go. There's that. So we're doing... It's all on the YouTubes. It's all on the YouTubes, yeah. So uh, today we're talking City of Ash. Now, for those of you who've never done this dungeon, visually it's a very awesome dungeon. It's set in uh, with the Bosmer, so it's very uh, woodsy, foresty feel. And guess what? Everything's on fire. It says, quote, Not all wood elves are happy about Vale and Wood joining the Old Mary Dominion. Some fear for their beloved forests while others fear their heritage and traditions will be diluted or replaced. A few groups have retreated to refuges deep in the jungle. So That's because they still want to eat people. That's because they're still people still want to eat people. Wild hunt, baby. Yep. Wild hunt. So uh, anyway, during this dungeon, we did get a recommendation from one of our listeners. Uh, shout out to you, good friend. Thank you for the recommendation. If you want to hear more about the quests that we partake of, and uh, so here you go. In this dungeon, you're going to pick up the quest called Razor's Edge. Now, heads up, I'm not going to give any huge spoilers. This is just a summary of what we're tasked to do. So we speak with a Bosmer named uh, Gil Gilrayan. Gilrain? Yeah, nailed it. All right. So uh, he says the followers of Mayrun's Dagon have set fire to the city and opened an Oblivion Gate. The villagers may not be able to save the city, but they will try to close the Oblivion Gate. We heroes offer to hold off the Daedra on the north and south fronts. So we are tasked to basically kill lots and lots of Daedra. So uh, quick note, during this quest, or actually when you're accepting this quest, you can ask her, uh, you can ask for spare warriors, and you can pick, <laughs> how am I going to say his name? Uh, Lenevil? Lenevil. Hey. Okay, a healer or... What is that? Ellor? Ellol? Elolir. 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 You know, I don't think that a lot of this is your fault, to be honest with you. Thank you! I really Thank don't. Thank you! Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's it's only taken a metric crap ton of episodes for me to come and tell you that, but the Elder Scrolls pronunciations for some of the stuff in their lore is freaking difficult. Right? So... Holy yes. crap. Now, it's not quite Tolkien-esque, but it's still pretty freaking difficult. It's so, up there. Yeah. Much it's love. It's up there. Much love, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Goodness, I feel so vindicated right now. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll slap you back down at some other point in this episode. Plus five to encouragement. All right. So, anyway. Uh, Elolir, the longbowman. If you talk to one of these... Uh, they will come with you along the quest, so they can. Help. Okay, so I have one more point. Yeah. 
They're going to come along with us in the quest, correct? Correct. Are they going to do jack crap? Well, if you're question Syrian mark, question mark. in uh, Banished Cells, who literally walks up behind you and stands there with his arms folded during a boss fight. Right. I don't know. Exactly. So basically you do all the work. It's like all the NPCs that have to that are on follow. Yeah. Or on any escort mission. There are very few, if not none, that will actually assist in combat. Now not that I expect them to do any damage. I get that. But at least go through the motions and look like you're gonna knock an arrow or unsheathe your sword or do something. Half the time when you're in combat and you're escorting somebody, they're like crouched over in the corner, like hiding in fear. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do something. And then you talk to them, and they're all like high and mighty. I'm like, I just saw you hiding behind a rock. I know. You literally could see your face and just the edge of your fingers and your little eyes coming from around the corner watching the battle. Yep. That's funny. Anyway. Yeah. Goals. Oh, yeah. Goals. <laughs> NPC goals. Um, all right, so this dungeon is located in Greensmorrow of Greenshade. This becomes available at level 20. And yes, this does have a normal and vet mode. So there. Oh, by the way, uh, this on release day, this will be the day after Lord Seeker's first hard mode night. Pretty excited about that. So we got that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a total of seven achievements in this dungeon, that including normal and vet. And as far as enemies are concerned, we're going to be fighting all kinds of Dramora, all kinds of Dragonite cultists, Flame Atronachs, Banekin, and Scamps. Now, as far as the boss count in City of Ash 1, we've got six bosses, three mini-bosses and three main-bosses. For the three main or mini-bosses, we have Galore, the, main, the Banekin Handler, Dark Ember, and Rotharial Flameheart. For the main dun the bosses and the ones we're going to be talking about today are the Infernal Guardian, Warden of the Shrine, and Razor Master Earthless. So, now, the fun part. A lot of you are... Here's the reason why we do these uh, this segment. For those of you who maybe are just coming to the show, we're doing this for people because we get this a lot. They've never run dungeons, or they're very apprehensive to run dungeons because, one, they're not a huge fan with grouping up with people they may not know, and they may not know the dungeon. And so we're taking you guys through this. And by the way, we always put this on YouTube. After we're done, we at some point in the next few days, we will run, Cash and I will run this dungeon, which was when we did our Twitch stream, actually, we did it. And so you'll see it all in person as well. And we'll talk about it. So there's that. Now, on to the nitty-gritty. The main boss mechanics by roll. So let's talk about this. Uh, the mini-bosses, very standard fights. Tank holds aggro, DPS deals damage, healers heal when they need it. For the main bosses, we first up we have Infernal Guardian. Now, this fight is a very healer-driven fight. As a healer, guess what, guys, gals? We're going to be busy. The boss will send out roots to players far away from him. These will stagger the target if hit. On top of that, he's going to throw out... AOE fire attacks, okay? At multiple points throughout this fight, he's going to 
put down these AOE fire attacks, and you really have to be mindful of where you're standing. This is, again, reiterating the fact, already at level 20, when this dungeon is available, that, hey, you gotta watch where you stand in ESO dungeons, and especially ESO raids, okay? So, uh, it's easy to take damage during this, during this fight, if you're not paying attention to where you're at. Tanks, big thing for you here, the power attack. The Infernal Guardian will hit you with a power attack. <laughs> and if you do not block, it will deal some serious, significant damage. For DPS, pretty simple. Burn down the boss as quickly as you possibly can. Watch where you're standing. Healer, there is more than likely going to be a lot of damage going to players because they're not they may not be used to these kind of ground mechanics yet in the game. So you're going to be busy with that. But on top of that, at some point during this fight, the Infernal Guardian is going to attack a random player. It doesn't matter if the tank's holding aggro. He will turn and attack target randoms. Okay? So be prepared to heal them because they're going to definitely need that. So then that's that fight. Pretty easy. A lot of environmental damage on the ground. And uh, healer, you're going to be busy. <laughs> Next up, we got Warden of the Shrine. Now, this one is busy, and it's a little bit more difficult, mainly because this guy is perched. I'm assuming it's a guy or girl. I don't know what form this this uh, Daedra's taken. Um, this boss is up somewhat on a pedestal, far above most things in the dungeon. And it's very limited space where you can walk around. You can literally fall off the edge <laughs> to the ground way far below you're not careful what you're doing so that being said you're going to have very limited movement of where you can go and during this fight the warden again just like the infernal guardian he will randomly attack party members and use easily avoidable aoe attacks so you just got to make sure you avoid them he has a nasty uppercut that includes a knockback and on top of that this boss will teleport excuse me the player is far away from him, and he will stun you. So it doesn't matter if you're ranged, doesn't matter if you're melee, this guy is going to drop AoEs, and on top of that, he's going to be teleporting around. So kind of a handful here, especially, you know, again, if you're a tank or a healer, because tanks, again, this boss is coming at you with a an attack that does some serious damage. It's his heavy attacks. I have seen tanks take hits from this boss and miss a block and it literally almost kills them I mean it drops them down to like a quarter of life especially if they're not geared okay so these power attacks are legit be warned alright so as far as his AOE attacks are concerned when the boss begins to use these on the ground around the group as a tank you must move the boss outside the red on the ground so the melee DPS does not take damage. I've seen a lot of tanks before that will not move the boss, mainly because they don't know any better. You know, a lot of times in fights, depending on what MMO you've played, how many dungeons you've done, you stay in there, you hold aggro, DPS kills the boss, healer heals you, and the DPS. And that's the most basic, broken-down version of a boss fight. But with this guy, you got to move him around. Because that melee DPS is standing in that red, standing in that fire. You are going to keep your healer real busy. 
And uh, it's going to be a whole lot easier for the DPS, for the healer, if you can move that boss. Now, again, DPS, burn down the boss as quickly as possible. And be prepared to move during AoE attacks. This is a very friendly ranged DPS fight. That being said, there really isn't a whole lot of room, again, that you can really move around. It's hard. It's going to be hard for you with this fight to really get any good distance from these AoE attacks. You're probably going to be standing right next to the red indicator on the ground. Don't be surprised if it's right next to you, because it will be. <laughs> if, you if you move too far, if you dodge roll, man, you may dodge roll right off the edge. Um, healers, keep your eyes on where you're standing during the AoE fire attacks. I have done this many times when you're healing. A lot of times we are so incredibly focused on the health bars of the people in your group that you forget to watch where you're standing. So keep that in mind. Watch where this guy. Standing. This guy normally has a very small area. Like he'll do his AOE on uh -huh. that little platform, and there'll be fire all the way around. But there's a little small area right in the middle uh -huh. that's clean. Yeah. So you can actually stand there. So keep an eye out for that, especially like if you're if you're a melee player. A tank's normally melee, so the tank's probably going to be right at, standing in that little spot. But that little spot right in the middle of all those AOEs is usually a, a safe spot. Just don't like tiptoe around. That's right. Good point. But just so you know, a little tip. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. And it's so like it messes with you, too, because normally you're not supposed to be in the middle of a you know AOE like that right but it's uh so it's kind of fun that's kind of one of the first times I think in in this game where it kind of it feels flip-flop like that so it's pretty fun uh let's see what what else healers don't be surprised during this fight if you're going to be throwing out a lot of heals make sure you're weaving into your attacks not you're not just spamming skills but you are weaving in heavy and light attacks to really get those resources back for those of you who don't know your heavy attacks if you hold down your left mouse button it's going to throw out a heavy attack after it charges up for a bit use that cuz you're going to get the most resources you're going to get a lot of magicka back you're going to get a lot of stamina back depending on what you are okay if you're on pc if you're on pc yeah Although I don't know what it is on the controller, but yeah, I'm not same sure. mechanic, different finger button. I guess. Yep. Yep. So that's it for uh, that's it for old uh, Warden of the Shrine. That I think that's honestly one of the more difficult boss fights. He's definitely tough, more tough than the uh, final boss we're going to go over. Which I see that a lot in these dungeons. It's always the the prelude. You know, bosses before the main boss. It seems to be the most difficult. So, last on the boss mechanic breakdown part of Dungeons for Dummies. The Bosmer leader of the Dragonite cult, Razor Master Earthus. So, like the other bosses in this dungeon, Earthus uses an AoE attack throughout the fight. Okay, now these are going to be relatively easy to avoid. But, keep in mind, at some point during this fight... There will be a, a cross-shaped AoE attack. And this is a whole lot more difficult to get away from, typically because it's not just going to be a random circle on the ground, and it's going to be a little bit uh, longer, wider than usual, a little bit more difficult for you to get away from. Okay, So save some stam for that. Get a quick roll, get out of the attack. You'll be good to go. 
just like uh, it's kind of funny too because with this boss they, they incorporate everything into one and I like that about this dungeon all the mechanics from other bosses are all into one boss here at the end so this guy is going to actually teleport around a lot during the fight but it will be not towards players He'll actually be there's a large open area where you fight this boss and so you'll be teleporting around quite a bit or he will be throughout the fight and so when he teleports you find him run over start doing TPS that being said, tank, hold aggro, healers, keep your group topped off and avoid the AoE. DPS, make sure you burn the adds that spawn in this fight. In this fight, you're going to see some flame matronachs that spawn, kill them, switch back to the boss. That's it. That's the fight. It's a really easy fight. <laughs> yeah, but probably the most annoying part about that fight is as you're trying to go get the adds and you're running through the water, there's some really deep spots in the yeah. water. Yeah. And you will literally be like, you'll start running and like your knee level, you're like, oh, I'm going to run right through this because it looks pretty flat. And then all of a sudden you're underwater. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you got to swim to the other side, then get out yep. and then you can continue your range of attacks. But yeah. um, other than that, it's a pretty straightforward boss. Yeah. And if you're, again, if you're range DPS, this is a very range DPS friendly fight. You're able to see where he teleports a lot faster, able to start throwing out your skills probably before the melee DPS get there, depending on what they're using. So, very easy fight. Okay, so sets available. Uh, first up, on light armor, we've got Burning Spell Weave. Now, this is a Magicka slash Spell Damage slash Spell Crit set. And you get five of these when you deal damage with the Flame Damage ability. You have a 15% chance to apply the burning status effect to the enemy and increase your spell damage by up to 525 for 8 seconds. This effect can occur every 12 seconds. That's actually a very popular set still. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen that in a lot of builds. Yeah. So, there's that. Next, we've got Sunderflame. This is the medium armor set. This is a max stam weapon damage and weapon crit set. Get five of these suckers, and when you deal damage with a fully charged heavy attack, you deal an additional up to 4,000 flame damage and apply minor breach and minor fracture to the enemy, reducing their spell and physical resistance by up to 1,320. Vampire's Bane. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. And last but not least, we've got Ember Shield. This is the heavy armor set. Uh, it's max health. Spell resistance set. Five items when you deal damage with a fully charged heavy attack. You have a 50% chance. Increase your spell resistance by up to 3,400. Good gracious. And deal up to over 1,000 flame damage to all enemies within 5 meters of every second for 6 seconds. You don't see that one very often, do you? I don't think you see nah. that. Nah. I mean, I pick it up a lot. Yeah. But I deconstruct it a lot. Now, finally, we have the Infernal Guardian set. As far as I said, finally earlier, this is the Monster Helm set. All right, Monster set. Infernal Guardian, one piece, over a thousand Magicka. Okay, almost eleven hundred Magicka. You get two items here. When you use a Damage Shield ability, you have a fifty percent chance to lob three mortars over two seconds at the furthest enemy from you that each deal up to 5,500 flame damage to all enemies within 5 meters of the blast area. 
This effect cannot occur. Can occur every six seconds. Man, I tell you what. Like, there are some... I don't know that I ever really see this used uh, a whole lot. But it is so worth it. Taking the time to get you a good monster set. Yeah, they proc a lot. They do. Yeah. A whole lot more you than you, get would, the right, you would think. You get the right conditions, and you know, depending on the set piece, they proc. And when they do, it really does help. Like, if you're just out there in the world and you're just killing, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. stuff just melts. Yep. When you got a good monster set on. Yep. I tell you what, having the uh, Night Flame monster set has just changed my healing. It's made. <laughs> it's so worth it. So incredible. Has it changed your world? It has rocked my world. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay, hang on, hang on. I'll get there in a minute. Uh, sources for this were Prima Games, did a great guide, and uh, unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. Great great job on this stuff, guys. But anyway, that's it for Dungeons for Dummies. Hope you all liked it. I'll be putting this actually on YouTube so you can see all this happening in front of you. And then hopefully, if it's your first time running Dungeons, you can jump in and feel a little more confident. Now you know what you're going to be facing. Holy crap, auto loot is amazing. Oh my god, you're such a noob. Oh, dude. I never had it turned on because I was nervous about it because a lot of times I want to pick and choose what I put in my bags, you know? Bro, we were doing that stream on Twitch and I decided to flip that thing on. Oh my gosh. If you are not running without a loot, turn it on and try it for five loots and just tell me if you don't already love it because holy crap. Changed my life. Huh. I think it's so, you're so cute. It's just so cute. Oh, well, thanks. No, literally, like, that is a no-brainer to me with auto-loot, for sure. From day one. (laughs) The only thing I don't auto-loot are um, things that I steal. Right. I don't auto-loot those. Right. Because that gets you, you know, bounty very, very quickly, and I'm not a fan of that. So. Well, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know what time it is? I do. Lord, lesson time! All right, make some room. Make some room. All right, make some room. Step All back. Right. Sheets, step back. Non-combat pets. Stuga? No, she's dead. All right. Go ahead. No, she's not. All right. Fantastic. My friends, we're going to talk about something that can be kind of confusing to everybody, but it'll pop up in lore books. And it pops up in different things that we do when the date is mentioned in Tamriel. So we're going to talk about the Tamriel calendar in Lore Lesson 27, which is going to dispel some of the confusion. Because it can be a little confusing. But the basic framework of the Tamriel calendar is something that you're most likely very familiar with. And the reason being is because there is some definite parallels between our the Tamriela calendar and then um, our own Gregorian calendar that we use in the real world. Right. If you want to call it that. But anyway, Gregorian calendar is the most widely used civil calendar in the modern world, and the Elder Scrolls calendar has very similar traits. So there are some slight little differences um, from Elder Scrolls game to Elder Scrolls game. I don't know if that was planned that way or if it was more of like a whoops type thing. And it just has to do with like <laughs> days of the month, you know, like 
oops, you know, there's 30 in that month or 31 in this month, but if they're minor changes and they're not going to break your game. So I wouldn't even worry about those. I'm actually not even going to cover right. them. So anyway, uh, in the Tamrielic calendar, there are how many months, Jibs? 12. Oh my gosh. What a coincidence. Holy I'm so crap. used to it already. So January is known as Morningstar. The first month of the year, this is considered to be a winter month by Tamrielic standards. And Morningstar is the season of the ritual. And as you all know, the ritual is one of the 13 constellations existing in the Arbus, which is also known as the universe in Elder Scrolls lore. Hmm. Sun's Dawn, the reciprocal of Sun's Dawn in our world is February. The second of the 12 months, also considered a winter month. Sun's Dawn is the season of the lover. February, Valentine's Day, the lover. It all kind of makes sense, my friends. Yay. Yay. Okay, first seed. The reciprocal of the third of 12 months is March. This is considered to be a spring month. And first seed is the season of the Lord. I sang. Did I sing that? Victory, my lord. Yeah. I sang that. Okay. Rain's hand, the fourth of the 12 month cycle, is reciprocated as April in our world. And this is considered to be a spring month also. Rain's hand is the season of the mage. Ooh, the mage. The uh, fifth of 12 Tamrielic months is our reciprocal for May, which is called Second Seed in Tamriel. This is also considered to be a spring month. And the second seed is the season of the shadow. Fun fact. I, I think that... that's when the show started. No, oh, wait, it was yeah. March. It was March. Sorry. March, yeah. I wonder, if, when's Groundhog Day? I wonder uh, if this has to do with Groundhog Day. I don't know. That's a good point. Okay. I don't know. I will check it out. Do you have a little Khajiit on your lap? Dude, I've got this new kitten. I'm sorry, folks. I've got this new oh, kitten. Oh, she's so sweet. And she's literally requiring me to rock her to sleep while we do this show. She will not. She's she's discovered Daddy's podcast studio and is now literally requiring me to rock her to sleep so she will stop meowing. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I slurped that up. I love that. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, the 6th of 12 months, our reciprocal in our world is June, also considered to be a summer month, is mid-year. This is the season of the steed in Tamriel, and it also coincides with mid-year mayhem, which we will talk about. That was such a fun event. Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Okay, July is reciprocated in Tamriel, um, Tamrielic months as sun's height. Which makes plenty of sense. Um, this is the seventh of 12 months, considered to be a summer month. Sun's height, get it? The sun is the highest. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sun's height is the season of the apprentice. Last seed, which is reciprocated as August in our world, this is the eighth of 12 months, considered to be a summer month. And the last seed is the season of the warrior. Hearthfire which is our September, is the ninth of 12 months and considered to be a fall month. Thank you very much. Whoop, whoop. This is the month we're in now, and I'm ready for the fall. 
Heartfire. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Um, wait, yeah. Heartfire is the season of the lady. I don't know what that means. This is my birth month. Well, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, you're a lady. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have no comeback for that. <laughs> Frostfall is reciprocated as October in our Gregorian calendar. This is the 10th of 12 months in Tamriel, considered to be a fall month. Frostfall is the season of the tower. Then there's November, which is reciprocated as sun's dusk in Tamriel, the 11th of 12 months, considered to be a fall month. Sun's dusk is a season of the Atronach. And last, but certainly not least, before we get into some fun facts and some holidays, Evening Star is our December the final of 12 months in the Elder Scrolls universe, Evening Star is considered to be a winter month and is the season of the thief. Do not steal the New Life Festival presents, please. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Hands the season of the thief is also the season that, you know, we're about giving. Well, yeah, people go out and they heist other people's crap and then they give it as Christmas presents. I mean, that's how you're going to get your Christmas present. I'm going to steal it. You're going to steal it. Yeah. Are we going to do a uh, white elephant in our guild? Uh, We could. Do you know what that is? I know exactly what it is. So if you organize it, yeah, you got it. No problem. Oh, Adding okay. more stuff to my table. Oh, okay, cool. No, of course we can. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. Huh. Yeah. Another little idea for uh, your guilds out there, all the various guilds, try a white elephant uh, gift exchange. It's actually kind of fun. You can do it all via mail in game. I think I've ever kind done cool. that in MMO before. Yep. Huh. I have a fun fact for you. We mentioned the Arbus. The Arbus is the name for the universe in Elder Scrolls lore. So the Arbus includes Mundus, Oblivion, the Void, and Aetherius. Mundus, if you remember from our, our very first lore lesson, is the plane or realm of existence that encompasses Nern. It encompasses Nern, its moons, and then the Adric planets. Mundus is surrounded by Oblivion, and then Oblivion is surrounded by Aetherius. And we'll talk about kind of each one of those, because these all play into the Tamrielic calendar in the months. Let's talk a little bit about the days of the week. I'm sure you've seen these before, but in the Tamrielic calendar, the days usually start on Sundas, which is Sunday. Very Sunday, good. Sunday, you guys are Sunday. so smart. You guys are so smart. <laughs> After Sunday is Mondas, which is Monday. Mm-hmm. And the next is... One of two days that make me laugh every time I hear it. Tuesday is known as Turdas. But this is a T-I-R-D-A-S. Uh-huh. Then the middle of the week, wouldn't you know it, Wednesday is known as Middas. Yeah. The second day that makes me laugh every time I hear it is Thursday. It's also Turdas. But with a U. T-U-R-D-A-S. Turd. So at least two days of the week are filled with turds. <laughs> then we have Fridas, which is Friday. 
And then the day is ca- or the week is capped off with my favorite Saturday, also known as Lordas. See, the lore is never forgotten. It's always there. It's a part of your week every week. You may ask yourself, Cash, how are the Tamrielic dates written? And the answer is going to be presented now. The dates in the Elder Scrolls universe are written as follows, my friend. I know we've already talked about this before, but we're going to cover it again. So it goes the day, the date day of the month. So like the number and then the era and then the year. For for instance, of course, I would choose Turdos, the first of mid-year, second era, year 210. So in some of our lore stuff that we that we cover and then in a lot of the books that are out there, especially if it's a journal type format, you will see the dates covered this way. Or when you're playing Skyrim and um, you go to like fast forward time or stop time or do whatever, sleep, it always tells you the date. It's in that format right there. Turdos, first of mid-year, second era, year 210. Right. Okay. Got a few fun facts for you. First one, oblivion is a term that is used to describe one plane of existence in Elder Scrolls lore. Oblivion is the plane that is inhabited by the Daedra. And yeah, these are kind of review for my lore lesson scholars out there. Okay, another fun fact. The void is considered a cosmic realm of absolute nothingness. It is the domain of Sithis and where the Daedra spawn before being cast into oblivion. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that one's kind of a cool fun fact. Okay, once again, another fun fact here. Aetherius, which we have already talked about, is known as the Immortal Plane, the realm where Aedra, such as the Eight or Nine, depending on your beliefs, divines originate. So Aetherius is the source of all magic and creation in Mundus, Aetherius is considered to be the complete inverse or opposite of Oblivion. So Aetherius is the complete opposite of Oblivion. Aetherius is the immortal plane where the Aedra or the, or the Divines originate. And Oblivion is where the Daedra, not my ancestors, originate. Okay. Let's talk about some holidays in Tamriel. There are more holidays in Tamriel than you probably believe. So I'm going to cover some of the main ones and some of the more interesting ones, but there's a crap ton of them. Okay, so for Morningstar, the first of Morningstar is the New Life Festival, which is our Christmas festival, basically. It's a celebration of the new year, and it is, it is known... By having increased taxes, so the emperors will increase the taxes, but at the same time, free beer is a staple on this holiday. And if you celebrate it in Elder Scrolls Online, this comes out. So when I read it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. There's freaking free beer. Um, nice. And my thought was the taxes, the increased taxes, most likely pay for the beer. So it kind of all washes out. See, the emperors are brilliant. Just the way they Smart. do business. I know what's yep. up. The 16th of Morningstar is the Day of Lights. This is a holiday celebrated in Hammerfell as a prayer for good harvest and good fishing for the upcoming year. Sun's Dawn, the second of Sun's Dawn, is Mad Pelagius Day. 
This is a Breton holiday held to mock the honor of the most eccentric and deemed mad emperor of the Septim dynasty, Pelagius Septim III. An entire holiday devoted to making fun of somebody. <laughs> kind of freaking hilarious. That's awesome. Okay, the 16th of Sun's Dawn is called Heart's Day. This is not any different than our own Valentine's Day. It's celebrated in Tamriel in honor of the lovers, Polydor and Eloisa. The inns of all in all of Tamriel offer a free room to visitors. Yeah, interesting. This it. is also the summoning day of Sanguine, the prince of debauchery. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Particularly in Iliac Bay, parents cover your children's ears. In Iliac Bay, this day is celebrated with orgies. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Thought Elder Scrolls Online was PG-13. Uh-uh, sucker. Wow. Did not yeah. see that coming. Neither did I, but it's in the show notes, and I read everything on the teleprompter. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Okay, first seed, the month of first seed. The seventh of first seed is the first planting. That is a holiday celebrating the time to set aside past differences and begin anew. Kind of random. The 26th of first seed, the Festival of Blades. You're going to like this, Jibs. This is held in the Alakir Desert to celebrate the victory of the Red Guard over a race of giant goblins but the goblins were considered a myth by most scholars. Wow. So like, yeah, they never really happened, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Redguard. But I would never say that to their face. Oh, that's how you die. That is how you die. Okay. Rain's Hand, the month of Rain's Hand. The 13th of Rain's Hand is the Day of the Dead, which is a Breton holiday celebrating Breton religion and ancestral worship. Hmm. The, the Day of the Dead obviously is... Um, Kind of a replicant of the Mexican Day of the Dead in our mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. which is a freaking awesome holiday. It is 100%. That's, yes. I just watched James Bond the other day, and then we're celebrating. It was pretty, pretty That's cool. right. I remember that scene. Okay, the 28th of Rain's Hand. This is Jester's Day, which we all know and love. This is celebrated all throughout Tamriel, where pranks are played across every city this holiday, although it's in a different month, may be reminiscent of our own April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. Then there is uh, the month of Second Seed. On the first of Second Seed, the rite of Vigild is practiced by the Sigic Order. And Vigild is a rite practiced to empower the salutary spirits and to debilitate unclean ones. This was found in the lore book by the name of the Old Ways, the Customs and Philosophy of Grave and Faithful Council by Celerus, the lore master. I love that. I do too, but I could not find anything else on this rite of Vigild or Vigild. It's V-I-G-Y-L-D. Words are hard. I did the best I could. If you have an issue with my pronunciation... You can send Jibs an email. If you have a problem with Cash's pronunciation, just wait. Jibs will screw something up even worse. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll just delete your email because (laughs) we don't do that. We love our peoples. Okay, so the 30th of Second Seed. This is more my style. This is Fishing Day, a Breton holiday 
celebrated in Iliac Bay to commemorate those who make a living by fishing. That's awesome. Awesome. It is awesome. I thought that is cool. We need a fishing day in this yes. modern world right here. Yeah, man. More minor holidays. Yes. I know. Make, make it Thank so. Make it I didn't so. say anything about miners. I said fishermen, fisherwomen, what, fishers. I don't know where to go with that. I'm gonna be just. I'm just gonna just let you finish. The month of mid-year, the 16th of mid-year, uh, is used to celebrate the middle of the year. No doy. Temples offer blessings at half price. You're gonna like this one. So, mid-year, the temples offer blessings at half price. I literally lulled. Those who are blessed on this holiday for half price are known to feel confident enough to enter dungeons, even though they're not prepared. So this day, in addition to being blessings at half price, is also known to be one of great defeat and untimely death. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I was like, who writes this stuff? That is freaking hilarious. I loved it. Yeah. Okay, so 23rd of mid-year, this is Dancing Day. This is a day celebrated in Dagger Falls, a day of merriment for citizens from all walks of life in where our co-host Jibs wears a tight pair of pants and twirls around the city Whoa. at his leisure. Yeah, that's all in there, bro. That was that's, on the UESP. Weird. I don't see that in the show notes. That was in the UESP? No, wow. It right. was in the UESP, for sure. Wow. It's was in the it, footnotes. Was it in the Imperial Library, too? No, no, no. It wasn't in that one. A UESP nailed it, though. It's like down in the foot in the footnotes. It talks oh. about uh, okay. Jester, Jibs. He wears tight pants oh, with a okay. sock shoved in different areas, you know, to spruce things up. Oh, and then nice. he goes around twirling and dancing. But whatever you're into, I don't know. Okay, oh, Sun's Height. Okay. The 10th of Sun's Height. This is the Merchant's Festival where every shop owner, with the exception of the Mages Guild, bunch of douches, Traditionally lowers their prices by at least half. I also lolled at this. It'd be Guild. awesome to have in game. Yeah, it would be awesome. Dancing day? Oh, the Merchants Festival. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that would be a really good idea for an Elder Scrolls holiday. The fun. Merchants Festival. Where they lower the cost of crowns by half. That is something we both know they won't do, but it sounds great. I know. <laughs> It does sound great. So what you and I will do is we will call Zoss and give them this great idea mm-hmm. that they will poop mm-hmm. on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a good idea. Zoss, if you're listening, don't poop on it. It's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the 20th of Sun's Height. This is Sun's Rest. And this is a holiday held as citizens devote the day to relaxation and not commerce or prayer. So the Merchants Guild will place heavy fines on any shop that remains open on this day, excluding taverns. Oh, fantastic. Okay, let's talk about Last Seed. Holidays of the Last Seed on the 11th of Last Seed. This is, here's your opportunity, Jibs, to laugh at me when I'm trying to pronounce something. Kumu Alizeri is a Red Guard festival held in Sentinel. Yeah, I tried. I succeeded, I think. Uh, Red Guard festival held in Sentinel. This is considered to be their form of Thanksgiving. Like the harvest. That's so cool. Yeah. The 21st of Last Seed, this is Appreciation Day, a holiday devoted to Mara 
held in Anticlear, which is a small city located along the shores of Iliac Bay. Which there, um, it turns out in that particular city, their main deity is Mara, so that's where they celebrate it. Hearthfire. The very first of Hearthfire is when the rites of Moita are practiced by the Sigic Order for the same reason as the Vigild, 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, necessary for empowering the salutary spirits and debilitating the unclean ones. So basically, this is an exorcism where they have exorcised the demons. Exorcised the demons. Exactly. The third of Hearthfire is Tales and Tallows, a celebration of necromancy. <laughs> yes. Many citizens... Fear necromancy and choose to stay indoors on this day. Please, good gracious, add these to the game. <laughs> Holy guacamole. That I would want be it. an awesome one. Oh. Sure. Just to change up what happens in cities for a day. Yeah. But like I don't mean to I don't mean to backtrack, but I was thinking of an idea the further further on we were reading, but the uh the merchant skill heavy fines thing or whatever. Like the the merchants that stay open. Man, wouldn't that be awesome just that for that day, no merchant is open except for the wandering merchants that you have to find out in the wilderness? <laughs> that would be awesome, but oh my god, a development nightmare. <laughs> that no. I mean, that would be a nightmare for them. Absolutely. Or maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not a developer type, but I would imagine that'd be very difficult for them to do. Probably. Sounded fun. Anyway. But I like it. I like it. Okay, the sixth of Hearthfire. This is a holiday called Kurat. This is celebrated in the Rothgarian Mountains. On this day, scholars are accepted into varying priesthoods. Hmm. Come on, Oryx. That sounds super boring. Come up with a better holiday. Hmm. Okay. Hands down, my favorite, 13th of Frostfall, which is October. The Witches' Festival is celebrated throughout Tamriel. In a clash of the forces of sorcery and religion, conjurers, witches, thaumaturges, demonologists, and warlocks. Sounds like some really cool classes. Mm. They all meet in secrecy to perform all manners of incantations and conjurations. That is like Elder Scrolls holiday bone right there. I love it. That's the best one. Wow. It's What happened? PvP. Oh, that's right. Ooh, that might be an interesting edit for you. Or leave it in. Who cares? Okay. The 30th of Frost... Okay, the 30th of Frostball. Apparently, I have in my notes. We will be changing that to Frostball. The 30th of Frostballs will be... That was a Freudian typing slip. (laughs) Sounds like you left your pants off and you went in the snow. The thirtieth of Frostball. <laughs> it's funny because it says the Emperor's birthday celebrated. Celebrate the Frostballs. <laughs> it was the day that he froze his testicles off. <laughs> We're gonna celebrate it. <laughs> Memorializing Uriel Septum the VII, which is what the seventh, the seventh. Memorializing the Frostballs. All right. Oh, boy, that is good old-fashioned fun right there, people. (laughs) All right, I'm almost done. I know I told you there was a lot of holidays. You could have turned off the podcast, but you didn't. You're still here. episode. You're still here. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, Sun's Dusk. The second of Sun's Dusk is the Gauntlet. This is the summoning day of Boethia. Thought that was interesting enough to throw in there. Mm-hmm. The eighth of Sun's Dusk is the Moon Festival, which is a Breton holiday celebrated in Glen, uh, Glenumbra Moors to honor the ancient goddess of the moon's secunda. Of the moon. That's cool. The moon, singular, secunda. You put the mons? I put the mons. I know, dude. You're That's... on the struggle. You are on the struggle bus this I'm morning. I'm on the struggle bus. Frost balls well, and all. may <laughs> or may not have had some beverages while I was doing this particular <laughs> lore lesson. So you can just get off my back. Okay. All right, deal. Okay. Evening Star, the 20th of Evening Star. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I missed the Warriors Festival. Sun's Dusk, the 20th of Sun's Dusk, is the Warriors Festival celebrated throughout Tamriel, where armorers and blacksmiths traditionally sell their wares at half price. That's weird. I thought that said the Crown Store at half price. I know. You know, we should just keep putting subliminal messages into our podcast. (laughs) In hopes that our good friends over at Zoss are listening to our show, maybe in the background while they work on a nice weekday. Does that happen? I would like to know that. Does that happen? Zoss, does that happen? We need to. Crown store sale. Crown store sale. What? Like maybe in between. And maybe in between. Jeet's talking. It says 75% off crowns for eight hours only. What? Ooh. No, two days? Okay, two days. That would be awesome. Well, if they keep releasing all these. Freaking fantastic um, crown crates, then yeah, I need dude, crown I, sales. I I need crown sales. There's there's no way I can afford all this stuff, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm gonna break the freaking bank this month again. So <laughs> your wallet's gonna be crying out. It's crying right now. It is, <laughs> but no. So I mean, we've already talked about this. This is it is what it is but this is my entertainment like i'm not a big partier dude i don't like yeah. go out and go to bars and crap like that this is my fun yeah so i don't care i'll spend the money i'll drop it yeah. i don't care every time you spend money a daedra loses its wings oh crap you spend a lot of money <laughs> okay even let's talk about evening star this is basically um december yeah the 20th of Evening Star, this is the Invocation of Molag Ball. I did not find very much information on that, so I don't know where that's celebrated or how it's celebrated yeah. or why, for Pete's sake. Yeah. It's Molag Ball. Right. Yeah, he should go out in the snow with no pants on. <laughs> Molag Frozen Ball. Molag Frost yes. Ball. All right. That happened. So the 25th of Evening Star, which is basically Christmas. Yeah. The New Life Festival is celebrated for several days in Wayrest, and this was originally a holiday for the long-forgotten god of debauchery, but it has become a time of gift-giving parties and parades. Man, that was a lot of dates, but dang, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an off-the-cusp a little bit lore lesson, but it tells totally more different. about the history of Tamriel as yeah. a whole. yeah. And I wanted to make sure that we're co- that we cover the basics. Another one that I think I want to cover is, and this one is going to confuse the crap out of me too. But um, I think like the astronomy of Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah, yes. There's a lot of theory yeah. to it. Um, I would like so that. that one might be another one that I may end up covering in the future. Um, but if yeah. you have any, if you have any thoughts. On Lore Lessons, don't hesitate to get a hold of us. I'm always looking oh, yeah. for new, fun stuff. 
the only thing that keeps me from doing some of these is the lack of information. I mean, I, I have to have the information available to me um, to where it's kind of readily available so that I can read the information and then, you know, put it into my words. I don't, I really don't like ripping stuff off of sites. I just do not like doing that. So I read it, interpret it, and then put it into my own words. Right. Right. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. There's, you know, it's funny because a lot of the, like the most deep things that you will learn about in Elder Scrolls Online or just Elder Scrolls in general are no longer than a paragraph's worth. But it's so incredibly meaty, it makes you think. And you're like, gosh, I wish there was more on that. Right. So this was awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. Cool. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, good job. Good job. Well, that was episode nine of the Lore Seekers podcast here on old volume two. Uh, here's a little tease. We actually have already started concepting volume three. It's going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. So you look forward to that. But anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, and we hoped you did, we know you all listen on all kinds of platforms across the wonderful multiverse. But uh, if you do use iTunes, we appreciate re- your review. Every five-star review we get, we show you some love on the show with a wonderful shout-out. So there is that. Cash, it's the first time we're announcing this. Extra yeah. Life. Yes. We are announcing our extra life. Yep, it's going to happen. This year. Um, it is happening. We have a team at Raise Lore money. Seekers. And um, if you are interested in joining our team, you don't have to be a member of our guild. Mm-mm. You don't have to do anything else but be able to fog up a mirror. Yep. If you want to come and help us raise money for children's hospitals, you are more than welcome to. Extra-life.org. And just look up the Lore Seekers. You will find our guild. You'll see our logo. Um, Feel free to join our um, team over there. If you're not familiar with what Extra Life is, Extra Life is a gaming charity that benefits the Children's Miracle Network. This is a network of a couple hundred hospitals, which are children's hospitals, across the U.S. and Canada. And this is a very legit charity. I know how a lot of you might feel out there about how charities work and, you know, where do the funds go? Um, for three years, I ran the local Southern California here in Orange County where I live. I ran our local um, chapter that benefited uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County. I was able to see where all of our funds went. 100% of the funds that are donated go directly to the chosen hospital that we choose and they go directly to helping families who cannot pay for care for their children. These are young children that are in the children's hospital for terrible things like leukemias, cancers, blood diseases, injuries, traumatic brain injury, things like that. And when their parents cannot pay for care, that's where your money goes 100%. That is why I'm involved with this charity. It is legit. It's a wonderful thing. So, November 2nd this year, Mr. Jibs? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it's November 2nd. We are going to be uh, taking part in the uh, global, it's all over the place, Extra Life 24-hour marathon 
and we will be planning for that more in the future. Right now, you don't have to wait to donate. If you want to donate, you can do so right now by going to extra-life.org. I'll have it linked in the podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, just look up um, look up Lore Seekers. You'll find us. So you can donate there. You can join our team there. We would love to have our streamers helping us out doing this. Absolutely. Um, to, our goal is 1000 right? Yeah, our goal right now is 1000 bucks. I personally think we are going to blast right past that. Um, so anyway, without talking too, too much about it, we are planning on that. So November 2nd, plan on a very long day and a long night because we're going to be doing it for the kids. That's right. So we're, uh, we said before, um, we try to be as genuine as possible and as real as possible. And one thing that we're very real about is helping people, helping these kids. And so we're really looking forward to that. So we'll uh, give more details here in the future. But yeah, link will be at the show notes. You can see our team page. You want to donate? We would greatly appreciate it. It goes right to the kids. So now. We've done a lore lesson. We did Dungeons for Dummies today. We did all kinds of news. It was a media episode. If uh, you've got an opinion on it or you just want to email us, you can uh, call us at 765-382-6961. If we get enough voicemails, emails, etc., we'll pile them all up and we'll put them in an episode. Uh, you can email Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we are a part of a guild. We have our own guild, Cash. Yes, we do. Come join us, lawyerseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You'll download Discord, join our Discord server, and we have a channel called Apply to Guild. You pop in that channel, type forward slash apply, fill out the application, and we will get you in game. We cover Xbox North America, we cover PC North America, we cover PS4 North America, and we are looking for potential guild leaders for EU on all platforms. We want to expand our reach a little bit so uh, we can have an official Lore Seekers Guild there. But come and join us. Outstanding community. Really, really solid, real people that have fun playing games together and are incredibly helpful to each other. That's right, yeah. Um, We're definitely looking. We've got quite a few EU players. We just need one of you all to start applying for a GM. Maybe we can open this thing up Nice and official-like, so it's yeah, a yeah. really, really fun time to, to meet members. It's one of my favorite things is to see somebody join, and then like, wow, you know, the the see because when you after you get your application approved, everything opens up for you, so you see all the channels, everything from you can see right on your phone what a price of an item is going for on ESO. Um, you can find out all kinds of cool stuff and really meet lore seekers, other seekers across the world pretty much i mean they're everywhere australia canada u.s russia i mean we're just everywhere so yeah come meet up even and i've always said this but i still say it today even if you're not playing eso and you're listening to this show i know there's people out there that are doing that you are more than welcome to join we want to chat with you we want to connect with you we want to enjoy fandom together of Elder Scrolls, so there's that. You can find this show wherever podcasts are available, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the awesome places. Wherever podcasts are free, we're there. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, myself at JibsIRL, Cash at Cash, and the show just hit a 1,000 followers at LoraSeekerCast. That's it. We're done. That is awesome. We are done. You guys have a great week in gaming. Stay safe. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll be back next One week for more. quick thing I want to mention. We just had the anniversary in the Americas of 
not going to go into it too much other than it's a day that deeply affects me every year. And I just want to add a little reminder. Be kind to each other. There you go. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Lordos, 13th of last seed, 2E, 584. They moved like ghosts through the dense foliage. Every step taken had purpose in a distinct direction, yet no sound could be heard. It was as if their bodies floated across the undergrowth. It was difficult to keep their pace, especially with Cash and I having some degree of oozing burns on our legs from the flames in the pyre, but we managed even though we were in pain. We could tell there was a scout well ahead of the bulk of the party, because the lead Bosmer in the main group would keep his eyes up front, then motion us to halt and get low. I assumed the scout on point was halting us while he scanned for threats. Each short break was a gift of Mara, I thought, as it gave Cash and I time to catch our breath. No words were spoken by anyone as we scurried down hidden trails and along the bases of large boulders in our path. Even when we came to particularly thick portions of foliage, each Bosmer took care with the invading branches. None were cut. Instead, they were gingerly handled by the wood elves and gently placed back into their original positions once everyone passed. Cash and I took care to follow suit. Eventually, we came to an opening in the tree line that led directly into a large camp. There were Bosmeri dwellings, called pods, lining the small encampment, which was almost completely camouflaged into the forest canopy. In the center of the camp was a tree that had grown into the shape of a female figure. The Green Lady, I thought, as I took in the rest of the sights. We must be in... Welcome to Deep Woods! Our new red guard, seemingly half-Bosmer reliquary agent, said with a smile. You'll be safe here, my friends. Now let's tend to those wounds. Wolven led us up a wooden walkway that looked like it grew right out of the ground. It was perfectly formed into a rising walkway that ended in Bosmeri Pod residence. Wolven stopped at the door. This is Spinner Aldor's home. He'll fix you up without haste, Wolven said. Cash and I were led indoors, where we were introduced to a slight Bosmer, dressed in traditional attire, a half-vest with long arm sleeves and a thick strap across his chest. The hip girdle for its Bosmeri robe lowers were ornate and pointed, the way an Altmer's motif might be, but the entire ensemble was skillfully crafted of leather and bone. His face was weathered and his eyes sharp, his head adorned with forked horns, this was a rarity among Bosmer and often marked the members of a tribe who had the utmost in experience and earned respect. He had jet black dreadlocks streaking his head from front to rear and moved with a gentle glide. Friends, 
Spinner Aldor said in a quiet tone, looking us both in the eyes in turn. Welcome to our home. I understand you've endured quite the endeavor. Now, let me heal your wounds. He spoke no further. We took seats on two reclining chairs in the center of the pod next to a table with a streaming with a steaming pitcher of some type of native brew. Spinner Aldor offered us each a cup without saying a word. We each took a small cup in hand and slowly sipped. The taste was reminiscent of a fermented vinegar, and quite frankly, it burned when it hit my palate. But, believe it or not, I could swear I could feel the pain in my blistered legs dull as soon as I drank. I was overwhelmed with a joyous feeling that made me forget any worry in the sting of my injuries. I glanced toward Cash and to my right. He had the cup in his hand, but had leaned back against the edge of the table, almost limp. He looked over my direction with an open with an open maw, a drop of fluid running down his chin, and a lazy smile. And in good old cash form, he said, That's some good sh... It was about that time his eyes rolled back in his head, and his head fell limp. But it was supported, so... Wolven had deftly caught his head and lowered it, to the chair's headrest. As I witnessed, and before I could muster a laugh, I felt an overwhelming rush of heat rise to my head and shoulders as I, too, went down for the count. That was the last thing I remember of that moment, was staring up into Wolven's kind eyes as my head was supported to the chairs back below me. And then we slept. Sundus, 14th of last seed, 2E, 584. I awoke to the aroma of smoking meat. The humidity in the air was high, which most likely gave the appetizing smell a lingering feel. All I wanted to do was to find the source of this, heaven, this heavenly scent. I rolled out of a fur covering that had been placed over me and rose to my feet. For the first time, I was not in pain. I remembered the injuries I had sustained and glanced down to my lower legs and feet. My wounds had been, had been tightly wrapped in a white linen cloth that appeared to have been impregnated by some sort of light green salve. It didn't hurt, like, at all. I reached down and peeled part of the bandages back. There was no burn there anymore. It was gone. Whatever had been used to treat my burns was something natural, but incredibly effective. I sauntered outside, taking each step carefully to gauge my injury, and still, I felt no pain. Wow, I thought. Unbelievable. I emerged from the pod and halted just outside the doorway. It was, out, it was dark outside, and I wasn't sure what day of the week it was. The sound of the forest at night filled my ears. There was a light rain with a slight accent of thunder in the air and the smell of dampness. I tilted my head back ever so slightly, and drank it in for a moment. I couldn't believe we were alive. I glanced across the courtyard of the encampment and saw a gathering of Bosmer across the walkway. They were preparing a meal, having beverages, and conversing quietly as I approached. Several of the, several of the wood elves glanced in my direction and nodded a kind smile. I nodded back, smiling with respect. I found Cash and Wolven amongst the small crowd, and Cash motioned me over. He stood up, smiled, 
and threw his burly man arms around me before I had a chance to skirt his disgustingly awkward bear hug. Glad you're okay, buddy, he said as he squeezed with all his might. Jeez, bro, I said. Get a grip on yourself, man. You're a sloppy drunk. Wait, are you drinking rot meth? Yep, Cash proudly boasted. This stuff is so good. Once it hits your lips, it's the real deal out here. Here, give it a go. Cash held out a cup, and I glanced at its contents. It was chunky, thick, and dark red. It's all you, bro, I said, as I held a halting hand up right in his face. Just then, Wolven stood with a grin. Gentlemen, it's good to see you well. Quite the coincidence we ended up meeting in these circumstances, huh? Actually, it's like there was something else at play here. It's too coincidental. Cash said, half drunk. Well, actually, one of our scouting parties was tracking the sea vipers for some time. They saw them carrying you through the forest to their camp, but they didn't have the numbers to effect a rescue, especially since they knew they'd have to carry you. So they reported back here, and we scrambled a raid party. Just happened to get there in time, eh? Wolven explained. However it shook down, Wolven, we're thankful for all of you. We should have been done. I said. Well done, Cash mused. I turned to Wolven. So you've been living with the Wood Elves, eh? Yes, Wolven said with a glow. I came to Malabal Tor some months ago to gain training as a warden. You could say I have a soft spot for our furry friends in the wild. Knowing the Bosmer felt the same way about the wilds, I figured there would be no better place to learn. The spinners here agreed to teach me as long as I pulled my weight for the tribe. Before I knew it, it was like I was one of them. They take me everywhere now. Egendor set this up for you? I asked. Yep. Met me with... Yep. Met up with him by chance on the road just south of here. We struck up a conversation, and the next thing I knew, I was having a carnivore's dinner with the Wood Elves. The rest is history. Wolven chuckled. Well, they certainly... Well, they certainly think highly of you. Think your skills in combat are second to none. After we saw what we saw, we tend to agree. Not to mention your tracking skills. That's why we asked you to join us, Cash said. And then somehow, in all one sentence, sobered up and got serious. Which, quite frankly... I found remarkable. But look, Wolven, I'm not going to beat around the bush. We need to move. And soon, where we go, danger follows. Jibs and I don't want to bring that kind of heat on these people. Until we leave, nobody here is safe. I added, we're looking to get to the coast. From there, we need to secure passage to Somerset. At least there, we'll be relatively unknown. With the travel decree lifted, there are so many travelers from outside of the islands. We'll blend right in. Besides, we're knife-ears. Clean us up and put some fancy robes on us. And we'll darn near pass for royalty. At least until you open your mouth, Cash said with a subdued laugh. Wolven smiled, then replied. That's doable. I can get you where you need to go. I have a few contacts in green shade I can tap. Cash replied in a serious, determined tone. Then it is settled. We give our thanks and goodbyes tonight to the Wood Elves, but 
We move before dawn breaks. Wolven replied, Finding a ship captain that hasn't been alerted to keep an eye out for you two might be tough, though. Even if you pay for passage, or even a ship up front, how do you intend to do it? I said with a mischievous smile. Who said anything about having to pay for a ship? 